Secure collaboration on your audio projects with future moments. This is Mac Voices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, I love when we meet new friends. I meet though when we have returning friends that we recently met uh, to talk about some of their latest and newest projects. That's what we're doing today. Gary Levitt is back from Future Moments to talk about an upgrade to one of their audio utilities that sounds pretty exciting. Gary, welcome. It's great to have you back. Thanks. Uh, Nice to be back. I had a great conversation last time with you. Well, I'm looking forward to one here, too, because I I have some thoughts or questions on what we're here to talk about. And so uh, I'm going to let you announce it, though. But what we are talking about is um, Mic Swap Multitrack 2. Yes, we just released a big update version 2.0 to our MicSwap multi-track recording app. See if I can show you a little bit without a weird glare. (laughs) So that's multi-tracks. You could see each track has its own microphone, so you can kind of assign each track its own microphone sound, along with reverb, delay, pan. And with version 2.0, what we've done is we've made it remotely. You can collaborate remotely now. So I can record a couple things, send you the whole project. You could add whatever you want onto it, and you could send it back to me. And we've done this in a way where there's no, your your information and everything is completely secure. We, We don't take any emails. We don't even know your name. We have no information about you. You just send it to your friend via text message, email, WhatsApp, whatever method you use to communicate with your friend, and then they can add on to it and send it back to you. You can also, and this is important because some people don't want to send their tracks to someone that's going to mess with them, so you could lock certain tracks. So if I really like the way my drums sound, I can lock those tracks and send the project to you and you can record on top of it, but you can't change any of the things I've done to my drum tracks. So it's a super flexible, really great uh, collaboration tool that I hope people use more of because it just kind of encourages um, recording and creativity, which is really what we're trying to do. So I'm gonna back us up just just for a second. So, um, multi, uh, mic swap multitrack before was pretty much just a solo. Uh, exactly. exactly. And now we can now we can collaborate with it. When I read the press release, though, Gary, I was really intrigued because, and and I'm kind of honestly, I was surprised at myself that I had never thought about the implications of security and privacy in a collaboration of this type. And so, obviously, something triggered your mind and said, yeah, hey, we want to do the collaboration thing, but we want to make it secure. Um, I mean, how did that come about as a, as a priority here? Well, once, it, once you get into intellectual property, you know, so if, I'm, if I wrote a song and then I'm having friends collaborate on it, once I send it to a cloud, 
you know, it's, it can be accessible to anyone. Or if we own the server, if Future Moments owns the server, then obviously we can access anything on the server. But we don't own a server. We have no interest in owning anybody's intellectual property. So that was an option to make it easier uh, to collaborate. We could just have people upload to the server and then download, and then we own the server. But then people are putting their intellectual property in the hands of a third party. So we don't we didn't want to get involved with that because, you know, what if someone one of our, one of our users wrote a song and then all of a sudden Billie Eilish comes out with a single and it's very similar sounding to that one? There would be always be that. Did Future Moments sell my song to Billie Eilish? So we don't want any of that, and um, we just want to make it simple to collaborate. So there's no emails taken. None of your information is asked for. You just download the app and you record onto it, text it, email it to a friend, whatever, and then they open it right up in Microsoft Multitrack on their device or on their desktop. And also, it makes it cool because you can work on desktop and iPad or iPhone yourself or any anybody else around the world. So it's really so, kind of a great collaboration tool. Right. So if you send me a track. I can t- I can add to I can do whatever I want with it on my Mac iPad iPhone, send it back to you and 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 it just works. I mean I love the fact that you've you let me use whichever one of the 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 Apple device tools that I I prefer uh, or that I have accessible at that given moment. Yeah, and the way we've set it up is if you buy the iPhone version, you then own all versions. So it's one one price, and you have access to the desktop, iPhone, iPad, whatever you want. Okay, so Gary, I'm going to go just a little geeky on you, um, because if if I record a, a ten minute track, and then I want to send it to you, I mean it occupies probably it, probably a lot more space than a typical email program or chat program would accept. Mm-hmm. So how how is this? I mean, I'm sending you the project, but what is it that I'm sending to you? I mean, and and where is where is the file? Where do the files live? Well, we kind of do something like we we've made our own file format .msmt, Microsoft Multitrack. So it's our own file format. So what it's really doing, it's kind of zipping the file in a way, and then when you tap on it or click on your the .msmt file which is your project with the tracks that you recorded. If you send it to me, I click on it or tap on it, and then it opens up right in my program, and then I see all of your tracks right there. And yeah, the files can get pretty pretty heavy. Not as, I mean, they are zipped, essentially, so it's not as heavy as you might think. But sure, if there's a lot of tracks, it can get pretty heavy. So, you know, you could just use MailDrop, or iMessage doesn't have a limit with uh, data. <clears throat> so there's you know there's several ways to still still send it. Okay, so I am actually sending you the the recording that I made of my guitar the way it would sound in my living room, you know, with um, you know, with the temperature or whatever the temperature is and all those things that that subtly affect sound. I'm actually sending you that particular track, not a representation yep. of it. Exactly, that exact one, along with all your settings. So whatever microphone you chose to have to emulate, 
that is what I will get. So I'll get all your settings. I'll get the microphone you chose. I'll get the panning, if you added reverb, if you added delay, the volume setting, because you could obviously set different volumes for each track. So I'll get all that information and it's the project. So it'll come up to me like if so, if you if you recorded a few different instruments, if you recorded drums, bass, and guitar, and you sent that to me, I would get your mix. It would sound on my end. It, it would sound exactly like it does on your end. Okay. So the only, I guess the only requirement is that I have to have your application. Well, excuse me, that we both have to have your application to work on that track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And if you wanted to transfer it, you can export the files to just, you could just export the files as waves if you want, and then bring it into another recording software if you wanted to as well. There's no, we don't really put any limitations on it. But, and the files that I'm exporting, again, would still be the exact actual recordings that I did. Yeah, it's like magic. I mean, that's what it's sounding, sounding like, because, you know, I'm thinking about, as as I started out with compression and uh, compression, as in um, you know needing to compress the file to take it across in a reasonable fashion, because I, I mean, look, we all we all well, some of us know if we've played with it that you know, a C, say a CD's worth of material, you know, that can be pretty hefty, you know, as yep. far as transferring across the across the internet. So that's I guess that's why I'm hung up on this. Like, how are they doing this? And, you know, and how much space can you save and not compromise the integrity of the recording? Yeah. And we also offer in the settings, you can change how you want to record. So you can record in WAV format or M4A format. So you're basically recording in MP3, which is much lower, or you can record in WAV if you want a much higher quality and a higher file size, obviously. Yeah, but unfortunately, I, I'd like to think that all of our ears are getting a little bit better, you know, when it comes to some of the, the MP3 things that were acceptable years ago. They're not now or, or not mm -hmm. as readily acceptable. And so if you're, if you're recording something for a, a project that you want to stay out there for a while, capture every little bit you can. Yeah, because you can, it's always better to record in a high resolution and then bring it down for streaming purposes. You can always do that, but you can never bring a resolution up. So if I record right. in a lower quality, I can't ever make it high quality in case it ever gets, if your song gets picked up for a movie, for example, then all of a sudden, and you've recorded it in MP3 format, when they play your movie, play your song in the movie, in the movie theater, it's not going to sound very high quality in those really nice speakers. I kind of equate it to an image. If you do a low-resolution image, and then all of a sudden that image gets picked up to be on this humongous billboard, it's going to become pixelated. You know, so yeah. images for the web are, tech, are traditionally 72 DPI. They're a low resolution, but it's the web. It's on your screen, and that's fine for that. But if you usually when you create images, you would create them at a much higher resolution, and then you bring them down for the web. But hey, if you want to make it for print, then you have that ability. So we that's why we do offer to record in a wave format. So you have the high resolution, which is standard, you know, CD quality resolution. But you know, nowadays most people listen on Spotify and Apple Music 
and even worse YouTube. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your your example of the images is is really interesting to me because we are seeing a number of programs and products out there that claim to upscale, and you know they do a a pretty decent job for what they're doing and what they're given to work with. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know you it's really hard to get that that blood out of a turnip um you know the 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 very best quality that you you could have had if you had just done it right the first time right there yeah exactly because what you're really doing is is sacrificing pixels you know which are bits of information essentially whether it's audio or video there's little bits of information then if you blow it up you'll see the holes in it and that's when things appear to be pixelated right and it's the same with um, music. You'll, you'll hear it and you'll be like, oh, it sounds kind of trebly and there's a little sound in it. That's basically a pixelated audio file. I don't think we've ever used that term on the show before, pixelated audio file. But <laughs> th- th- it makes perfect sense. And, and I, based on your description, I know I've heard that. I know probably a lot of our, our listeners and viewers have heard that and really didn't exactly understand or realize what it was. Thanks. Yeah, sometimes changing the terms of things can kind of help people understand it a little more clearly. Yeah, pixelated audio file. Okay, make note of that one, folks. You're going to be using that in the future. <laughs> nice. You know, you you mentioned that we can export out from um, from your program and put it in something else. Can we bring in audio files from other other programs and drop them into projects in your app? Yeah, that's another thing. Another big thing we added with uh, version 2.0 is you could import as many files as you want now. So, you know, I imported a, a drum session that was 10 audio tracks and I imported them all, all perfectly lined up. I can record bass and guitar on top of it, send it to somebody else. They could add some keyboards and some vocals. And we can basically record a professional quality level song right here on our device and the last time you were here we talked about the fact that one of the reasons it is called uh mic swap is that you can emulate the sound of of a different a variety of different mics right and that's a big part of mixing like mixing is kind of a it's it's a tricky thing to do because you have all these audio files, all these different audio files, and what you want to do is you want to have them be separated in the mix. That's why assigning a different microphone sound to each. That's why well, that's why studios use different microphones because if you recorded everything with the same microphone, it would be much more difficult to get a clean mix because it would it would very quickly sound muddy, which is why studios use a lot of different microphones because then it helps with the separation in the mix. So that's one of the big features of MicSwap Multitrack is that you have several different microphones to choose from. So I don't know if you could see here, but you can kind of just swipe and choose from many, many microphones, and each of them has their own sound. So whatever you're recording, I can can have a guitar track, and then once I change the microphone, it basically changes the tone of of the guitar. So that really is helpful with mixing because you get all these different sounds um, from the same source. So the same guitar can sound several different ways based on the microphone you choose. 
And then, of course, there's panning and reverb and delay and volumes, and all that is kind of the art form of mixing. Gary, I think we touched on this the last time you were here, but um, well, first of all, let me let me back up and, and ask: Is using mic swap on the Mac is that using Catalyst? Is that the way that you're accomplishing that? Um, to, so that what you're you basically ru- you're basically running the iOS app on the Mac as opposed no, to having a, a separate special, app. No, it's a special desktop. It's Mac OS. It is a, okay. 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 Yeah. Then. And that really leads ne- in well into the question I was going to ask: is why is with why is iOS so important to you and and the iPad and the iPhone? Why are they so important to you as opposed to putting all your efforts into a Mac app? You know, like Logic has, and like you know, I can go through a dozen different audio apps that are just Mac only. What is it about the the, the iPhone and the iPad that draws you to it? Um, more people have them. I think it's the wave of the future. I mean, <clears throat> you can connect a, an interface, you know, an eight channel, four, 16 channel interface into your phone or your iPad. So you can get and then co- connect your Neumann U47, your, you know, $20,000 microphone into an interface, which go, then connects to your uh, iPhone. And it would be the same audio quality as connecting to your desktop there's no difference once it's digital it's digital once you're recording in wave it's it's the same so you're getting same quality but it's extremely portable and um, i like to work on both you know that's why we have them interchangeable our desktop and ios apps but a lot more people own iphones than own desktops these days a lot of people just do all their work on their phone Okay, that's, I mean, that's the way things are going. And, you know, I'm sure somebody out there is saying, you know, you're going to connect a $20,000 Neumann microphone to your phone. Um, But yeah, your point's well taken that, you know, digital is digital. So it really doesn't matter what you're plugging into, plugging what into. If if digital is where it is, then it can be used anywhere and manipulated anywhere. Exactly. And it's more about the hardware. So, you know, um, to get a good audio sound, you always want to start at the source. This basically goes down the line. So the source would be the instrument. Obviously, you want to have a good instrument because if you have a crappy sounding instrument and you put a $20,000 microphone on it, it's going to sound like a (laughs) well-recorded crappy instrument. (laughs) So, you know, you go down the line from source to microphone, microphone preamp, the interface, which is the digital, the analog to digital conversion. You know, that's why there's, there's many different interfaces, but the analog to digital conversion that the interface is doing is very important as well. But if, you know, we, we all have limited budgets of some sort. So that's the best way to think about is instrument, microphone, microphone preamp, and then your interface. And you kind of go down the line from the source. But once you, once you've converted from analog to digital, doesn't matter what the digital device is. So the iPhone or the desktop, it's just ones and zeros. And you have, let's see, 20 different microphone models included yeah. with mm-hmm. this. So, and I know we talked about this before, but we're not talking about just, you know, inexpensive or just random microphones. We're talking about microphones that everybody knows, like the Neumann. 
Yep, we have two Neumanns in there. We have a lot of microphones that might seem common to people. And we also have a couple microphones that drastically change the sound. Like we put a megaphone in there in case you wanted the megaphone sound. And we have like some old-timey mics, which kind of sound a little old-timey. And then we have some uh, very bassy ribbon mics. So if you're recording bass and you want it to sound even more bassy or something for, you know, a lot of female vocalists complain about microphones picking up too much treble. So we have some more bass to kind of like ease some of that treble. So there's really a microphone sound for, for anything. And when you have a bunch of tracks and you have the ability to use different microphones, it really does help the uh, separation of the mix. And then you get a full frequency spectrum. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash macvoices. Much coin, such base. If you've been following the cryptocurrency craze, now is the time to start getting involved. Coinbase makes it easy and quick to start your own portfolio and learn to trade like a pro. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy-to-use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. With portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and an app, Coinbase is where you can find out what cryptocurrency is all about, trade securely, and monitor your crypto all in one place. Join the millions of people in over 100 countries who trust Coinbase with their digital assets. And best of all, as a Mac Voices viewer and listener for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash macvoices. Sign up at coinbase.com slash macvoices for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Coinbase for their support of Mac Voices. And it's something I don't think that a lot of, of us who listen to music or anything else uh, necessarily understand how much the microphone and the different parts in the process that you just outlined affect the ultimate sound. Uh, your, your, your comments about the old-timey microphones, somebody's going to say, what's that? Well, go listen to one, and then you'll know exactly. And you'll understand because, yeah, you go back and listen to the, the newsreels of the 50s or, or whatever, and they have a, a specific sound. Yep. But, you know, nobody realizes necessarily that, that was coming from the microphones. It's just, yeah, it's old. That's the way things sounded back then. Yeah, the quality has gotten much, much better now. You could pick up a lot more, <clears throat> a lot more sound, a lot more sound range. So those old-timey microphones are picking up just like a very narrow frequency range that's usually pretty mid-rangey, trebly, along with a bunch of hiss. Yeah. <laughs> We've come a long way. We've come a long way. Sure have. Yeah. What kind of reaction are you getting from the customers to, to some of these new enhancements? And, of course, this is only one in a whole stable of apps that uh, Future Moments has. But what, what has the reaction been to all the power and the creative power that you're putting into people's hands? Well, with Microsoft Multitrack, the 2.0 version just came out um, about two days ago. So it's all very new. Um, you know, I check and I see a lot of people have updated it, but I think it's a little st still a little too early to see how people are using it. But I'm super excited to be able to offer that to people to be able to collaborate remotely 
because it's, you know, especially nowadays with everything going on in the world and more remote collaboration in general, it's just so nice to be able to work with people musically when you can't be, so easily be in the same room. So a lot of people are using it for working out harmonies, for example. You know, you can easily work out harmonies with your, with your band, just send them the project, have your guitar player record their vocals, send it back, and then you're like, oh, I see what you did. Okay, and then I'll, I'll create a harmony on top of that and then send it back. So it's a, it's a nice tool for people to use. And, you know, with all of our apps, whether they're our video apps or our audio apps, I really just want people to be creating more. I, I think creativity is just such a great thing, and I think it can really help people and make people feel good and kind of, you know, give them a little bit of excitement. And a lot of times people love being creative, but they don't like the technical parts of it. And that's kind of where we come in. Our goal is to make people's lives easier and their productions better. So that's kind of what we're doing, whether it's on the video side or the audio side. Well, that's one thing that strikes me about the interface to so many of your applications is that, I mean, look, there's a learning curve always of some kind, but yours is pretty flat. You're, you know, yours is, okay, the easiest way to learn it is just to play with it. It's like, okay, record something and then put this mic on it. And then this mic and this mic and see, you know, what it does to the sound. And then, like you said, play with reverb and echo and volume and all the others. Um, so you, you really are, I think, focusing a lot on that. And this just is one more way to add another dimension to to the collaboration part, um, but not add a lot of, of, I don't want to say sophistication, complication is a better word, a lot mm -hmm. of complication to the process. Yep. Yeah, because with creativity, you know, they say, I always forget which one it is, but left brain, right brain, like one side is the creative side and the other side is the technical side. And when you try to do both at the same time, they could be like, uh, they inhibit, they disinhibit each other, they inhibit each other. So um, we really tried to make our apps kind of very, very easy to use, get the technical part out of the way, it's all under the hood. And then you can just stick to the creativity and let the app kind of do a lot of the stuff that would have taken, you know, hours of work and expertise to do before. I have to tell you, when I first read the press release and, and understood what you were accomplishing or trying to accomplish here, I couldn't help but think about all the lockdown videos that we've seen from so many artists over the past two years that were recorded. I mean, sometimes the, the strangest collaborations get put together, but, you know, you somebody's in obviously a home studio somebody else is in their bathroom because that's where the best acoustics are and right. they're shooting the video and doing the recording and how this could have played and, and will play in the future into those kind of remote collaborations along with the the things that are just done really for commercial release absolutely and um you know if you have a car you basically have an isolation booth all you have to do is sit in your car and take it somewhere quiet and then you're you're basically sitting in an isolation booth with total quiet so you won't get any ambient noise going into the microphone <clears throat> i would so, not have yeah, thought like, of that one yeah That's... like like you said with someone recording in the bathroom because that has the best acoustics you know that bathrooms traditionally have a lot of reverb and it might sound really cool um like how john bonham's drums were recorded in a church or a stairwell to get that cool reverb sound. 
um, which is another great reason that you could do this stuff on an iPhone. So you can just easily take your iPhone to a stairwell or a church or someplace with nice reverb and cool acoustics, or you could take them to a car and just shut the doors and the windows. And then you're just total silence in an isolation booth. And you can record very clean audio that way. Yeah. Another place I know that I've, I've found is if you have a walk-in closet because mm-hmm. of all the clothing, the clothing just sucks up the audio. You don't realize if you, unless you've, Unless you take a Bluetooth speaker and are playing it and walk it through the house and listen to it, through the bathroom, listen to it, walk it into the closet, and everything changes. It's, it's, it's amazing how that yeah. is. And I don't want to shoot video in my closet, but I can certainly record audio in my closet. <laughs> right. That's the neat thing about sound. Sound is either amplified or absorbed based depending on the uh, surface. So if the surface is hard, your sound will bounce off of it and get amplified and then go boom somewhere else but if it's soft then it can get absorbed when you said car that's i guess that was the first thing that i that came to mind i'm sitting there looking at a, at a hard windshield a lot like i'm staring here at uh, a 27 inch imac you know i've got this mm-hmm. huge flat glass surface for for my sound to bounce off of and that's why i brought up the uh the, the, the walk-in closet because there there's there are no, there are virtually no hard surfaces. Maybe the ceiling, I guess. But if you're, especially if it's carpeted or just throw a rug down, and now you've mm-hmm. got almost no hard surfaces to to bounce back. So yeah, yeah. As long as you don't have noisy neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've got, I've got, I've got to go experiment with the car. I would not have thought of that. That's a great idea because I've got a place where I could go and and sit where it's relatively quiet. You know, not not no, no significant traffic. And just do mm-hmm. some recording there and see what it sounds like. Yeah. That's really yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it depends on the kind of microphone you're using. And, you know, a condenser mic will pick up more of the sound around you. Or a dynamic mic will pick up. Um, you have to keep that closer to your mouth, but it won't pick up much of the ambience at all. So, for you know, there's, there's a lot of podcasters that use our mic swap apps. So, uh, for some reason, a lot of podcasters are using condenser mics and that's really not the way to go unless you have a total totally soundproofed room because it will pick up a lot of ambience but most people don't have that so if you have a room where there's a lot of echo or there's noise coming in from another room down the hall you really don't want to go with a condenser mic you want to go with a dynamic mic like this which is a this is a shore sm7b or even a Shure SM58, any any decent dynamic mic, and then you know you, you stay kind of close to it, and then you can't, it won't pick up any outside sound. But the SM58, you really have to, you really have to eat them. I used to use those for remote recordings at trade shows, which was great because you know you have all kind of craziness going on around you, and as long mm-hmm. as you kept the mic in front of you or right in front of the guest. You know, you yeah, you of course you get a little ambient noise, but not like not like you're even you're hearing it with your ears. No, exactly, not at all. And if you did that with a condenser mic, it would be a noisy mess. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would want to think about trying to do that. Yeah, so, it, it wouldn't sound so good. Yeah, and that's just knowing your tools. You know, knowing the tools that are available to you, and and having just and going out and getting a little experience with it. You know, that's, mm-hmm. you, you, yep. there's nothing like trying it out for yourself. 
and and coming to understand because you can you can try to memorize dynamic versus condenser and and all the other specs and at some point you know it's like just go and try it and flip the switches and see what happens oh yeah hands-on experience will make you remember things way more than just reading about them for sure so what else have you been up to i know multi-track mic swap mic swap multi-track excuse me was the thing we were primarily going to be talking about here but um, any of the other apps received any significant updates or upgrades? Yeah, so um, as you as you definitely know, the iPhone 13 came out and it has a cinematic video where it's basically, for anyone that doesn't know, it's basically like portrait mode for the still photos. So with cinematic video on the iPhone 13, you can shoot someone and then the background will be all blurred and it looks very dramatic. So... What Apple does, and um, even if have you ever, if you take a video and you crop it in the iPhone or the iPad, what Apple you can always re- re- revert back to the original. So what Apple does, even with cinematic view, it never really applies the effect. It's just there, but you could always change it. So with most video apps, if you import, if you crop a video. Or if you've used the new cinematic effect, if you once you import the video, that it's gone. The crop is gone. The effect is gone, and then you do whatever in the in the uh, app, and you've lost your effects. So we found a way to apply those effects if you're using one of our apps. So we've just made those updates, and they're rolling out this week for all our video apps for Video Verb, Audio Fix for videos, Video <coughs> Video Master and mic swap video so now when you import a video if you've cropped it if you've done any kind of change to it that will be reflected in the app once you import it and it will it'll stick to it it'll be glued to it but we're talking about the video effect so not an audio right. effect right right okay. the, the video effect yeah right all right and so you still have all the audio tools at your command it's just that the adjustments you've made to that video stick exactly yeah so all of our video apps are messing with the audio but a lot of other video apps they're not keeping that new information of the new crop to the video or the new cinematic effect so we figured it out that you can code it in a certain way where that once you import that video if it has that effect on it or that crop it will show up in our app. So then you could tweak the audio, export it, and then everything is as you see and hear. This isn't going to be probably my best analogy, but it's a little bit like Time Machine for you know for Mac documents that you can dial back, back to an original or back to a previous version. And you know, you just you never lose anything. Yeah. With any of our video apps, you never lose any quality. We don't it doesn't uh, compress the file size at all unless you choose to. That is one of the export options because, as you know, video files can get pretty big. So if I wanted to just do something to it and send it to you, I can choose the export option to compress the file. And then I'll send you basically a lower resolution file, but it'll be much more shareable. So you could do both. You could save as original size and also compress the file if you want. So those those updates are rolling out now, which means that by folks, by the time you see this, they should be all in place, ready to go, ready for you to play with them. 
yeah hopefully they'll yeah hopefully they'll be live in the app store it depends how long apple takes to approve them but they're already up they're already done now i just have to uh send them to apple for review and hopefully they get to it quickly great great Congratulations on another another nice new feature, and you know I've, I'm so glad you came to talk about it to help us understand a little bit because you look at the feature, you look at the press release, and say, yeah, that's good, but you know what are the implications for actually using it? And it sounds like the implications are you know that you've you've figured out just about every workaround you can possibly find and maintain the quality and and the and the flexibility, and that's what you really want. Yeah, I hope it inspires a lot of remote collaboration. And in-person collaboration. I just hope it inspires a lot of collaboration. <laughs> well, it, it certainly it certainly eases the opportunity for collaboration. Um, yes. Uh, you know, so if if you liked all folks, if you liked all of those um, lockdown style videos, or have something you want to try yourself, by all means, here's here's a tool to go out and do it with. And then you have twenty different microphones to play with too. It's a lot of choices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where our brains start to melt down. And, and <laughs> you, you look at the, the music producers with all the options they have. It's like, how do you ever decide? But that's part of the art. Yep, yep. Sometimes they decide in the mix, which is why, you know, some they might record something with like six microphones on it, and then they'll decide later which track to use. Uh, we'll use this microphone on it, which is something that we've done with MicSwap Multitrack or any of our MicSwap apps is that you could assign a microphone, but you could always change it later. So until you export the song or the or the track, the microphone sound doesn't stick to it. You could always change it after the fact. Yeah. So I, I keep wanting to switch them for some reason. Mic Swap Multitrack is $19.99 in the, uh, in the App Store, which is just a crazy low price for everything it does. I mean, yeah. you're talking about being able to emulate one of the microphones we talked about is twenty thousand um, dollars, and I'm not even going to talk about all the others. So you know, for nineteen ninety nine plus, you get all the functionality. Plus, plus now you have collaboration, and as Gary said, you have secure collaboration so that nobody's going to steal your work, and yep. that's probably more important than a lot of us, you know, consider. Um, if you're at, at 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 my level, if you're at the Bill A. Irish level, yeah, you probably have to worry about it, but. Nobody's yeah. looking to copy anything I'm doing. Believe me, <laughs> <laughs> Gary. the The website where folks can go to learn more and see everything about all of the apps is future-moments.com, or you can go to the Apple Store or Google Play and just type in "future moments," and then all of our apps should come up. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much for the time. It's it's always a pleasure. I, I come back anytime as you have new updates because it's always interesting to hear what you're bringing in and why, and how your uh, your customers are using them. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Feeling is mutual. Absolutely. Hope you and your family have a great holiday. You too, Chuck. Thanks so much, folks. I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. If you are interested even a little bit in audio and video, you have to go to futuremoments.com and check out not just, I'm going to say it right, not just Mike Swap Multitrack, but also all of their apps. There's, a, there's something there for everyone, no matter what you're doing with audio and video. Until the next time, and as always, thanks for watching.
Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.